0: I don't wanna feel like crap. I don't wanna feel guilty. I don't need the short term pleasure for the headaches that it causes. The the struggle is part of it. The lack of enjoyment is just something you have to look past because the benefits supersede your you know, your lack of enthusiasm for what you're doing. You got another twenty three hours to go live an amazing life because of the one hour you did the right thing. And if you want your brain and your body to function well then, You might want to cut out the hooch you might want to drink more water you might want to eat more plants and you might want to get better quality sleep
1: welcome to the melanie avalon biohacking podcast where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health mindset longevity and so much more Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back
2: to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Oh my goodness, friends, today's episode was with a legend and it was so, so fun. Fun. I honestly just had the time of my life talking to Tony, and it's so surreal because, like I say in the episode, I grew up doing P90X. So talking to him now was just so magical. I really wish I had been able to do video because I want you guys to see what he looks like because he looks amazing. He's clearly doing something right, and this episode is just so motivational. We talk about how you can thrive, not just survive. How to find your purpose. How much exercise you should actually do. And And yes, it may be more than what some other guests I've had on the show say, the role of fun in your life, how Tony would create P90X today, what he would do differently, problems with the health at every size movement, the importance of sleep and having a plan. So many things. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Definitely let me know. The show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash Tony Horton. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-R-T-O-N. Those show notes will have a full transcript as well as links to everything that we talked about, so definitely check that out. There will be two episode giveaways for this episode. One will be in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, intermittent fasting plus real foods plus life. Comment something you learned or something that resonated with you on the pinned post to enter to win something that I love, and then find my Instagram. Check out the Friday announcement post, and again, comment there to enter to win something that I love. I have a very exciting announcement, friends. I have officially launched a TikTok channel. I've been on Instagram for a while, but it is time for TikTok. And with the channel, I'm going to be posting daily, very high quality, awesome biohacking content, tips and tricks, things from my life. And I really want to bring the glam to biohacking because I feel like biohacking can be very male centric focused on a certain type of person. And I just want to break that stereotype and bring all the sparkles. So please join me there. My handle is Melanie Avalon official. Please let me know what you'd like to see from me, what you think of the content. I do feel pretty shy about it. So please join me so that we can be friends and just go on the most epic biohacking adventure. Okay friends, spirulina update, it is still coming. I know it's been taking a while, it's just because I want to make the most ideal spirulina tablets on the market, ones that are tested for purity and potency and to be free of all pesticides and just the highest quality. So we've got that spirulina source, it tastes awesome. The issue we're experiencing is that in order to make it into tablets, it requires another ingredient. If you are currently taking spirulina tablets and they say they are one ingredient, they are not one ingredient, there is something in there that is helping to keep that structure. So we're trying to figure out which route to go with this. It's really fun because I keep trying different samples. I think I know which one I like the most, but we'll see which one I end up picking either way. I really love the taste of our spirulina. It doesn't taste fishy or LGE and I really experience the benefits. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can get my other Avalon X supplements at avalonx.us friends. Have you jumped on the Sarah bandwagon yet? I take it daily. It is one of the most important supplements in my arsenal. This is the new year. Start it off right. Get some seropeptides. You can get 10% off with the coupon code Melanie Avalon, as well as a 20% off code when you text Avalon X to 877-861-8318. That's Avalon X to 877-861-8318. Those codes will also work with my fantastic partner, MD logic health for that go to melanieavalon.com slash MD And of course, all of my supplements I formulated to be the very best on the market. They're tested multiple times for heavy metals and mold. They're free of all common allergens as well as problematic fillers, which goes back to that whole spirulina formulation issue I was talking about. You can learn about the compounds, create your own list to share and print, and finally take charge of your food sensitivities. It is a top Apple app, often in the top 10 for the Apple food and drinks charts. And friends get it now because I'm going to be updating it to a subscription basis soon. So you definitely want to get grandfathered in for life at one super low price. With the subscriptions, by the way, I'm going to be implementing some pretty cool features. So I need to do subscriptions to help support that. So like I said, get it now. Before we change to subscriptions, you can get it at melanieavalon.com slash food And one more thing before we jump in. Did you know there are over a thousand compounds found in conventional skincare and makeup in the U S that have been banned in Europe due to their toxicity. If you are using conventional skincare makeup, you are directly putting into your bloodstream toxic compounds, including obesogens, which can literally cause your body to store and gain weight. So if your diet's not working, you might want to think about what's happening with your skincare and makeup, as well as carcinogens linked to cancer. I'm not making this up and just endocrine disruptors in general, which with our hormones thankfully there's an easy solution to this there's a company called beauty counter and they were founded on a mission to change this every single ingredient is extensively tested to be safe for your skin so you can truly feel good about what you put on and their products really work i am obsessed with their overnight resurfacing peel their vitamin C serum, they have shampoo and conditioner, skincare lines for every skin type and incredible makeup. It's so amazing that Tina Fey actually wore all beauty counter makeup when she hosted the golden globes. So yes, it is high definition camera ready. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code clean for all 20 to get 20% off site-wide. You can get the latest updates from me, specials, sales, samples, and so much more on my email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash clean beauty. And you can join me in my Facebook group, clean beauty and safe skincare with Melanie Avalon. People share product reviews and their experiences. And I do a giveaway every single week in that group as well. And lastly, if you're thinking of making clean beauty and safe skincare a part of your future, like I have, I definitely recommend becoming a Band of Beauty member. It's sort of like the Amazon Prime for clean beauty. You get 10% back in product credit, free shipping on qualifying orders, and a welcome gift that is worth way more than the price of the year-long membership. It is totally, completely worth it. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. Hi friends. Welcome back to the show. I am so incredibly excited about the conversation that I am about to have. So the backstory on today's conversation, I was reached out to probably about a month ago. From the team for two really incredible people, Dr. Mindy Peltz, who should be coming on the show later, probably next year, actually, along with Tony Horton, who I just told him this, but he is a legend of all legends, the creator of the whole world of P90X, if people are familiar. So I was approached by them because they have an incredible new program that came out in September of 2023 called PowerSync 60. And of course, I was an immediate yes, no questions asked for this interview. I'm just so honored. My personal history and story about this is I was Definitely, in the P90X world. It was a very defining moment of my high school years. And then I even carried those DVDs with me to college and did them in my college dorm, now that I think about it. So I was really excited about this. And then on top of that, I read... Well, Tony, I guess now it's been about a decade, but I read your most recent book that you wrote, which was The Big Picture, 11 Laws That Will Change Your Life. And friends, oh my goodness, I got so excited reading that book because it talks about so much that I feel very strongly about what it takes to actually achieve things in life, how to find happiness and what the concept of that even is, the role of fun in your life, the role of scheduling and planning. I really want to talk about that. So many things that really resonated with me. And I learned so much about Tony himself, his colorful, fascinating stories and backgrounds. So there are so many different directions that I think today's conversation could go, but I am just so excited, so honored. Tony, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. And I like the way you said my my name there for a second. I was like, Tony Horton. I don't know. I was where uh, my name that way. But yeah, I, I'm excited. We, we've got, uh, we've set some uh, real nice time and here for this conversation. And I'm looking forward to to your questions and being able to disseminate in such a way so that your audience might learn a thing or two about my journey and, and what I've learned and a lot of it about the book, The Big Picture and everything else with from you know way back in the old days the old days with Power 90 P90X and now where we are with with Power Nation so it's been a, a fun and uh, amazing ride i can't believe it sometimes i pinch myself and i think this is your life how did you manage but so far so good
2: i love that so much actually there was a part in the book you talked about was it is it the word satori your satori moment that resonated with me so much and just this idea and you just you just evoked it right now this idea of life is fun and then the forever gratitude for that well it should be it, sh- it should
0: be if it's not then you better check in and see what you need to change
2: to that point though checking in and something needing to change cuz just like with professions and job and things that people do i mean clearly And you talk about this in the book that you, you know, you have your purpose, you found your purpose, you, you live through that. I feel like with me, I found my purpose and I live with that, but, and there are so many people who either haven't found their purpose or feel like they know their purpose, but they have to do the job they're doing to, you know, make things work or so it seems. So how do you feel about that? Like people finding their purpose and I mean, should people literally quit their jobs if it's not? fun to them?
0: Well, you need to pay your bills, right? You need to eat. You need shelter. These are the basic things that we need to do to survive on planet earth or here in, in the U.S. of A. And then so sometimes your job and your purpose are not aligned. And maybe especially right away when you're first starting out, you know, you're coming out of high school or college and you're off in the world and you're and then, you know, oh, I'm not with mom and dad anymore. Maybe you are and you don't want to be. Right? It's like time to move out, son. You're 36 years old. So somewhere in there, you know, your purpose initially, if you have a job that's you know kind of a grind, should be a hobby. It should be something that you also enjoy that maybe you don't make a whole lot of money doing. And you know there's a perfect example. I don't know if I write about it in the book, but there's a story of a, a gentleman who loved bikes, all things bikes, street bikes, mountain bikes, e-bikes, you know, he was just one of these people. But he had a job as an accountant, and he provided for his family and a wife and a couple of kids. But every Saturday and Sunday, he was over at the bike shop, always asking his wife for, for permission. Hey, honey, do you mind before we go to dinner? Can I can I run over to, you know, Tommy's bike shop and just go, you know, whatever. So the manager happened to notice that this guy was at, their, at his store all the time. It became friendly with not only the manager, but also other employees. And the manager said, you know, you're here so damn much. Why don't you want to work here on a, on, a, on a Saturday or Sunday? And so, oh, my God, that would be such a thrill you know, still being the accountant, still going to work, still doing that. He went back to his wife and his wife was very cool and said, Hey man, you love it. And, you know, you might as well go over there and make a buck instead of just kind of loitering around, bothering other customers. And so, you know, he, he started working on either Saturday or Sundays. And anyway, short story, long story short, five years later, he owned the place, you know? So his, uh, his raison d'etre, his reason for being another term, maybe that It's always fun to use in a sentence came true based on the fact that he wasn't really, you know, he didn't try to open up a bike shop right away. He just became part of the culture and part of the environment. And, and then, you know, an opportunity came where he worked for Saturdays and Sundays. And then, you know, then he got a job as the manager of the bike shop and he had to take a pay cut because he wasn't as making as much money. And then the job the, uh, the place became available and he you know he went and got financing and he owned the place you know another example is my friend bobby stevenson so you know melanie you might know bobby and some people listening bobby was in p90x chest and back and so bobby was a young struggling actor Uh, and it's not an easy thing to do you know i mean everybody comes from all around the country sometimes around the world to come to this place called hollywood to make it it's it's not an easy thing you know so he got he had many different jobs he was uh he he co-owned a clothing store with his mother for a while. And there he was, you know, folding clothes in between auditions, which was not, you know, a little bit boring and not very inspiring. Then he got to know this casting director. Actually the casting director was the first woman that ever cast me in a commercial, just sort of ironically. And then he worked for her and then he managed the, the casting office and now he runs, he runs the casting office. So he's got the employees and he runs it and he's, and he, you know, he made some real changes, got better monitors, got better cameras, And made it so, and made like the the executive lounge where all the producers and directors hang out. It really tricked it out. So now he's just busy Monday through Friday, more busy than the the owner prior. And now he's, you know, and and he watches actors come and go and he sees what works and what doesn't work. And then he puts himself on camera for a lot of these different jobs and he books them because, you know, he knows what what they're looking for, right? Because he sees the other actors coming through. And so that's how it, how it has to be initially. You know, I mean, I came out to California. I wanted to be an actor and I did a little bit of modeling and I did acting. You did miming. It's some miming. If you want to do that acting. Yeah. Well, that's because I had to eat. So I would go down to the Santa Monica Pier or into Westwood in UCLA and, and throw my hat down, make about 15, 20 bucks and then go to the local li- li- liquor store and buy Cheerios and yogurt and live on that three, uh, three meals a day you know, but whatever, I was in California, man. And we're here and we're surfing bro. And it's totally rad. And it's not Connecticut. You know, it's not Rhode Island. It was just, and and a lot of people come here and they just turn right around because it's not what they want. For me, it was the antithesis of where I was, you know, the, the New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, tri-state area. I still love going back and I have still a lot of friends there, but that's just not my, not my vibe anymore. I, I love it out here. So yeah and so that was it you know I was a handyman and I was a I was a carpenter I was a, a waiter I was a bartender I was a dishwasher you know I had every job under the sun didn't really make much of a living as an actor you know I didn't what was my purpose then survival and for a lot of people who are listening their purpose right now is survival so so get a hobby my hobby happened to be going to the gym and meeting cool people that were exercising and I wasn't making a penny doing it, but I really liked the way it made me feel. I liked the way it made me look. I met other cool people with that, where I didn't have to go to a bar or a club at night to try to meet folks who were, you know, stoned or high. I was meeting people who were serious about their health and their wellness and their fitness. So, and then I, you know, then I started training my boss when I had a job as a as a, a PA, a production assistant, so basically a gopher. And I was all over town and I was, you know, whatever. I was, you know, feeding the cat and picking up scripts and and making the coffee and doing whatever a PA would do. And at that time, my agent was telling me, hey, you know, you got to get in shape because, you know, if you want to work in this town, you're looking a little, you know, this is this is almost about a year after I came out and I was in survival mode and I wasn't really exercising at all. I was just playing some hoop or something. And then I, I just said, all right, I have an agent. Oh my God. I mean, people who go on Johnny Carson have agents. And if you Google Johnny Carson. He's sort of like the Jimmy Fallon of the of, seventies. Of, of and I know it, my, my boss, Harlan Goodman was his name, still is, said, geez, can you help me? And so I, Harlan and I, would used to work out before we both went to work over at 20th Century Fox over at that lot. And then he, I helped him lose about 35, 40 pounds. And he was walking through the hallway of East End Management one day. And Tom Petty was walking down the hall and he looked at Harlan and he known Harlan the whole time. This is my Tom Petty. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. And Tom said, holy crap, Harlan, you look fantastic. And I'm going on tour and I'm fat. Nobody likes a fat rocker, man. So Tom Petty called me up. My roommate picked up the phone. My roommate Bob said, somebody pretending to be Tom Petty. I said, hang up the phone. And he did. (laughs) Oops. And then Tom called back. And said, "Hey, I think we got disconnected." And uh, Bob said, "This sounds like the real Tom Petty." And so I grabbed the phone. I talked to him. He said, "Hey, Tom, Harlan Goodman gave me your phone number." And I was at Tom's the next day, and I trained him for four months before his first tour. And now, all of a sudden, I'm a trainer. Ooh! But I was still, you know, I was still a carpenter, and I was still going to Vegas and doing these little, these little funny shows and doing, you know, I was a go-go dancer at Chippendales for four months. I mean, I had every crazy gig you can imagine. But, you know, this training thing was really fun. And I still was auditioning and trying to get parts in movies and different things and still modeling, you know, here and there a little bit because I had the bod at that point. And then, you know, from Tom Petty became Billy Idol, became Bruce Springsteen, Annie Lennox from Eurythmics, Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. You know, I mean, there was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday when everybody was in town. I'd wake up. I'd train a couple of clients at the crack of dawn in the dark. And then I'd go to Billy's house. And from Billy's house, I go to Tom Petty's house. From Tom Petty's house, I go to Annie Lennox's house from Annie Lennox's, I go to Steven Stills's house. And then after Stevens, I would train either Bruce or Springsteen or his wife, Patty Scialfa. Not a bad gig, but I was still broke. <laughs> you know, I was still my car would break down like because I was driving all over the city. And I don't know if any of that answers your question, Melanie, but I just kept going. Sorry.
2: No, I love it. Fun fact, I went to USC film and theater school and did the whole acting thing and all of that. So I, I feel you with everything. Do you still have the, the server nightmares? Cause I still get those. The what nightmares? Like, like the waiter nightmares. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, I don't have the waiter nightmares. I have
0: the on stage or in a, in a movie where I don't know. I don't know my lines. I don't know my lines. It's funny. Cause I did a I I did a movie this summer, this past summer, which I think is coming out a month or less. I don't know. And it was the first time, I mean, I had little parts and little TV shows and little commercials where I had a line. This was, you know, I had monologues and I had, I was throughout the entire movie and, (laughs) oh my God. And I had nightmares of that, forgetting my lines while, you know, the night before I had to get up and do these big scenes. But then somehow, you know, my, my synapses clicked in and I was able to pull it off. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen it. I went, I did some ADR. People don't know what ADR is. It's when you, you go in there and you have to because the sound was sketchy or something or the wind was blowing or your or the microphone was crackling or something you have to go into a studio and you have to match exactly what you said on screen in a voiceover booth and you know like one one line which is hey man come on over here you have to do it like hey man come on over here like 30 times till it's right and i saw the little pieces of the movie and i looked at it i went uh, yeah you didn't you didn't suck so that's good we'll see how it turns out though
2: it's so funny. I've done it as well. And it's way harder. You're like, Oh, this is going to be easy. I just, you know, say it like I said it, but it just like doesn't match. It like does not match. <laughs> so, um, it's so funny. One of my good friends who was also an actress was in a lot of your videos. I, I asked her before. What? Yeah. Christy Siebert. And she said she was in, I-, I have to check what she was in. Exactly.
0: That's a long time ago. I, th- I think we're talking power 90, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a while ago. I remember that. I remember her. Yeah. Hopefully, that wasn't rude or mean or anything. Hopefully.
2: No, no, no. She said you're like the nicest, kindest, most amazing person, and super fit. And I was like, that is the vibe I am getting from like all the all the podcasts I listen to with him and all the things. And now here we are. So
0: you can thank my mother. It's all my mother's handiwork, mostly. And and now my wife. My wife keeps me. I, I've I've gotten out of control and got that foot stomp under the table at a, at a dinner like
1: oh, okay yeah right now I got a little bit
0: too intense there
1: oh my
2: goodness okay so actually a well, little question from all of that so at the time that you wrote the book the big picture well a you said that your purpose has changed throughout your life and at the time of that writing your purpose was to help other people find their purpose I'm wondering is that still your purpose or has it evolved
0: well it is that's it may not, it's it's funny and the one thing too that I think is important for your listeners is that you get to have more than one purpose. You don't have to have just one purpose. I think if you become too myopic about it sometimes and and the thing that you're you're pursuing whatever it is, whatever your your raison d'être is, whatever your the way you make money or your hobby whatever it is, if it becomes just one thing then sometimes you get you can get a little narrow minded and you find you'll often find yourself getting a little bit frustrated, right? So, you know, I remember when I was a, an actor in an acting class, this, my acting teacher, who was one of the most influential people in my life, his name was Daryl Hickman. Daryl Hickman was a, a child actor in the movie, The Grapes of Wrath. Think about that, right? So I was in his class in the 80s and maybe early 90s. And he said, you know, I know you're all in here because you want to be a- actors and you love acting. And maybe you're in here for different reasons. If you're in here to be famous, well, that's probably the, should be at the bottom of the rung, the bottom of the ladder. If you're here because you absolutely love it and it just it just lights your lights your fire then that's awesome but truth be told mm, the majority of you won't won't make a living doing this it just it just isn't a thing won't happen you know what I mean maybe you know you'll get a commercial here and there or you get a small part but you'll probably have to have another gig or another reason for being another purpose and so you know the short answer is yeah because I'm you know I'm on tonal now I have my own supplement. In, Line now called Power Life, and I was just in uh, I was in Fargo about a month ago doing a keynote speech for for some doctors there, and then I was also in um, Tampa, Florida, doing the same thing for about five hundred actually five hundred in the room and about eight hundred online doctors there. I don't know why the doctors want to hear from me, but and I leave for Salt Lake City to do the same thing. It's more of a inspirational event for you know people who are just trying to find their reason for being, their purpose. So yeah, 80% of, 80% of what I do is to really help people understand that if you exercise regularly, regardless of what it is, and you're not trying to kill yourself, and you understand that you, all you have to do is your best and forget the rest, and if you eat healthier food and get away from the garbage, more fat, more, less fat, sugar, salt, and chemicals, and more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean proteins, then you're building the foundation to have the purpose that you want. But if you're, if you're drunk a lot and you're way overweight which means you're probably overwhelmed. The, the, you have such gross hormonal and chemical imbalances inside of your body due to lack of movement and poor diet. Well, then your purpose is going to be 10 times harder to pursue. But if you, you know, because one thing about exercise, you, and I talk about this in the book, and I talk about it every time I talk to anybody, is you release norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotopic factor, along with a host of other brain chemicals that, that get released in the proper way through physical movement because you're using oxygen, oxygenating the blood in your body and your lungs and your heart and your brain so that, you're, so that everything just works better. And you're not in your own way at that point. You're able to sort of just, you're, you're sort of, you're, you can be more creative, you can be more thoughtful, you can be more patient not only you could be, but you would be because of these, the chemical releases inside of your head. It's a miracle growth for the brain. And, and yeah, sure. You're going to function better. You're going to move better. You're going to age better. There's all these other things that happen and you're not going to look different. in, in the first day of the workout, you might not even look different for the first 60 days of your workout, but what's happening to your, to your mental and emotional state, which is really the operating systems that you need to be a functioning, happy, productive human being, you know you don't you don't make a you know. There's how many? What's the percentage of people who make a living standing there looking looking cute? Models, bodybuilders. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> the rest of us, you know, we have to be you know making something or doing something or inspiring somebody, right? So, so my purpose is to help other people use health and wellness and fitness and exercise and yoga and Pilates and martial arts and all of it. That variety thing. We'll maybe get a chance to talk about the variety thing and why variety works better than. I mean, I have a I have a, a good friend of mine. She's been on her Peloton religiously five days a week. Not much change because she's going round and round and round again, expecting a different result from going round and round and round again. Now her heart and lung wellness is good, I and mean, she's building some some strength in her legs, but it's just you know she's not as she doesn't look a whole lot different than she did when she started. So you know, that's another category, but, but my purpose has shifted a little bit to more, as Elmer Fudd would say, more West and Wewaxation. waxation. I told my wife, I, I told Sean, I said, hey, by the way, I just want you to know I'm semi-retired as of like uh, 10 minutes ago. She said, oh, that's funny. I just thought you were being lazy. I go, yeah, call it, call it what you want. But yeah, I just, I, I'm, you know, I just turned 65 and I, you know, I can still ski like I'm well, I can ski better now than I could when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and even some of my 50s because I, I work at being pretty good at it. But I can go through ninja courses and pegboards and climb 20-foot ropes upside down and do all these things that I don't think too many people my age can do because I love it. I enjoy it. You, you know, well, I, I don't know if I love it, but I I love what it does for me. I love what it provides for me as opposed to what I used to do is just go to the gym and lift some weights and and get on the stationary bike for 45 minutes, you know, which is what a lot of people are still doing. They like I when up a, when, a, when like when a 50 plus year old person says how do I get more size? I go, what do you mean? And like in my chest and my arms and, and like I go, why? Why do you need more size? You're a grandfather. <laughs> what are you you gonna play like senior rugby? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like people are doing too many of the wrong things for the wrong reasons. When you should just really focus on maybe your flexibility and maybe your body's able to 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 move well quicker or your balance. I, I my friend Tracy Hennessy, who was in the original P90X test group, I ran into her in the pharmacy today and she said, Oh yeah, I'm I go, how are you? Oh, my my mom fell and broke her hip. I she yeah, she doesn't really work out, she's overweight, and you know, now she's in the ICU. Like I'm, I have to I hear that story like three times a week. So I'm trying to avoid that, right? So and my, my purpose is to help other people obviously live longer, but have the quality of their life improve and then be able to go do find their purpose. You know, if maybe if it's not their job right away, go like have like, you know, oh, what's my purpose? I have enough money. I can go travel. So when you go to when you go to Rome, are you going to see the Appian Way on your bike with a tour guide for four and a half hours? Or Are you going to look at it, look at it out your window and take a picture of it? Well, if you're fit and you're healthy and you're agile and you're working on all the right things, then you get to you get to be exactly where Caesar was. All right? You get to stand where he was and, and get on the Appian way and do it. Or you take a picture from your car because you didn't take care of yourself. You know, two different experiences. Both get to go to Italy, though, which is cool. Anyway. Yeah. My purpose, 90% is doing what I'm doing. 10% is... Oh, when's the next ski trip? <laughs> when are we going? What are we going to Paris again? Oh, wait, let's go to Jackson Hole. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I, I'll probably keep doing this until well into my 70s. But it'll it'll become, you know, 90, 10, 80, 20, 50, 50, you know, 25, 75, where I'm 75% of the time. Where is Tony now? I, I think he's in Hawaii. Where is he now? I think he's in in Santiago, Chile. Where is he now? You know. I love seeing the planet. I was at an event with these doctors and I said, raise your hand. You're all docs, right? You're all doing pretty well. You're here at this fancy convention, right? So that that had to cost you a few bucks. You know, one of the, one of the 11 laws obviously is the three R's recharge, relax, and recover. Not in that order, but how many people travel a lot? And you know, maybe three quarters of the hands went in the air. And then, and I said, well, what about the rest of you? Oh yeah. I go, ra- ra- keep it, raise your hand up. If you don't have a passport, don't have one. And and not a single hand went up, and I went. I'll wait for the rest of you to tell the truth. I'll turn this car around unless you. And then about twenty five hands went in the air. And there's this one guy. Goes, What's your name, Zach? Zach. So you've never been to Tokyo. You've never been to Paris. You've never been to London. You've never been to you know all the you know all the places that I know and where I've been. He goes. I go. Zach, stand up. Zach, stand up right now. And he's like, there's you know there's six there's five hundred doctors in the room, and he's one of them. And Repeat after me: I, Zach, fill in the last name. Will go and get my passport before the end of November. Huh? Uh, no, I didn't hear you, Zach. Say it again. <laughs> so, we'll see if Zach wouldn't got that
2: passport. Getting your passport is not an easy process, I will say. It's
0: not easy to eat right. It's not easy to you know have your have your purposes. Look, I'm a C minus uh, student with a speech impediment who uh, who hated being uncomfortable, hated. I had the lowest pain th- threshold of any person in the world. Loved to sleep in, loved to smoke weed, loved to drink beer, had had a, some stint or two with other drugs that would have probably put me in jail if I was caught, you know. And then I, and then my agent said, you look like crap, go exercise. And then when I started exercising, I went, I'm not going to do that. I, I just, like I went, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't, you know, you know. I do have a, I do have a hit once in a while on a joint, but very rarely. Like I told Sean, well, how how many times we get high last year? She said twice. I went, oh yeah. So, you know, whatever. I I find other ways to relax. You know, I really do. Or other ways to sort of really be in the moment. The one thing about an outside source, coffee even, or or whatever drug you're using or whatever pleasure you're into, it leads quite often, not always, it leads to a lot of short-term problems or long, I'm sorry, long-term problems where, you know, how many times you, how long does it actually take to work out and get results? 45 minutes. Maybe you can go an hour and 15 minutes. You got another 23 plus, 23 hours to go live an amazing life because of the one hour where you did the right thing. Now eating is different. You sit down and you eat for some people that's three to five times a day. So it's a constant, never ending battle of decisions that happen 365, you know? And so, but you either you either do those hard things, or you don't, or and live a subpar life. Because most people are surviving just fine. A lot of people aren't. Like you look at what's going on in the Middle East. I mean, it's like just sur- surviving is the hardest thing they do. For the rest of us, we got all these modern conveniences, and we're still treating ourselves like shit. Like, oh my God, man. So you know, and TikTok, 25 year olds are going to be 55, and then they're going to be gone, and it happens in a blink of an eye. And I understand that as a 65 year old. So. I don't have the time to to screw up. And like, what's your cheat meal? I have, I said, I don't have cheat meals. I have cheat morsels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cheat morsel. Like an entire meal where I eat a bunch of garbage and I feel like crap afterward. And then I, Oh, like, then I feel guilty. I don't want to feel like crap. I don't want to feel guilty. And I don't need, I don't need the short term pleasure for the headaches that it causes, you know, am I a robot? I don't know. Some people think so, but, this comes from a guy who used to, you know, I would eat three bowls of, of Cocoa Krispies and put sugar on them in the morning. And I would have fluffernut Nut sandwiches on Wonder Bread and Fritos and a Twinkie and a devil dog and, and, a, and an ice cream sandwich and chocolate milk for lunch. You know what I mean? So, and I was eating, eating poorly, you know, into my mid twenties. And I, oh, I realized, oh, I got to make that shift too. If I'm going to make the fitness shift, I have to make the dietary shift. And now I, I oh, figure out how to make healthy food taste good. <clears throat> get a spice rack. You're done. You know, it's not that hard. Man, did I go off there, Melanie.
2: Hi friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> no, I love it. No, I mean, it's literally the theme. Not literally. That's one of my pet peeves because that word is often misused. Very few things are, actual li- are actually literally.
0: I, I abuse that word quite a bit as well. And a friend of
2: mine, is, was it literal, Tony? Was it my friend? Scott? It was actually. <laughs> so I get excited when I actually get to literally use it literally, but.
0: Ah, I think you might, you might have there. I don't know. Have to,
2: I think I just did.
0: we <laughs> will have to have the linguistic people check you out.
2: Well, to not use that word, this show with biohacking, I mean, it really is about everything that you just encapsulated, which is doing the things so that you can you know turn your body into the vessel that it can carry you through the world and then you can you know do what you want to do so I'm all about it I, I have a lot of questions from what you just said one just, is just, just a rapid fire question would you want to live forever hell yeah okay I knew you were gonna say that I ask everybody that and people never say yes and I'm wait I wait for people to say yes I knew you were gonna say yes
0: I'm your guy I love it here. Can you imagine if I could? Imagine if I could heli ski all the time for for ten thousand years. I mean, that's enough. that's enough. That's enough for me. You know what? What if I could pet my dog Charlie, who is just just the sweetest, most precious, wonderful little dog? I mean, I had dogs growing up, and then I didn't have them out here because I thought they were a pain in the ass and they would pee and poop, and I didn't have the time because I was a selfish, single guy. I was selfish and single, and then my mid fifties. That worked for me. Then I met, met a gal that I courted for six years. And she finally said, you're going to put the ring on me or what? You know what I mean? I went, I don't think I can do better than you. So yeah. And then she brought her dog. I'm like, you're going to bring your dog. Well, yeah. What I'm going to do, sell it. Of course I'm going to bring my dog. I go, okay. And now we have three, you know what I mean? Like, wow, I can evolve and I can, I love learning and I love growing and I love making mistakes and I love falling down. And I love the effort, I love the journey that's required to get back up and, and see if I can improve on things. Cause I used to be the, Oh, can't do that. Quit. Oh, can't do that. Quit. I used to say, Oh, I can't. And then not, you know, I, one of the things I say in P90X is I presently struggle with, which is okay. But I, I just, now I just say, I can't yet. And and for most things, it turns out that way. I can't play professional football ever. (laughs) Right. That I can say. That's true. It's not going to happen. You know, I can't play for the L.A. Lakers. You know, that's I understand that. But there's a lot of things like heli skiing. I was scared to death. I I thought for sure I was going to die landing in the helicopter in an avalanche. So did the helicopter kill me or did the avalanche kill me? I don't know which. And then finally, after just getting tired of being so timid about it my friend Dan Egan said, let's just, just, just come, just come on this trip. You're going to be fine. And I had skied with him for years and I trusted him. And, you know, you go through the, you go through the helicopter crash protocol and the avalanche recovery protocol. And, you know, that's in the morning, which takes about three hours and you just go, Oh my God, what am I doing here? And that helicopter takes off and it lands and you put on your skis and you're floating on a cloud for 3000 feet And then it picks you up and repeats that over and over again with brand new fresh snow. And you go, Oh, Oh, I get it now. What was I thinking? You know what I mean? So it's all about exploration and curiosity and, and it takes, uh, it takes about 10,000 years to be able to do all that. And by the way, if you're overweight and you're and you and you're not, not well because of the food you're putting in your mouth and and the dependency on all these meds that you probably don't need, then you're, you're suffering from pain and fatigue almost every day for most of your life. And I, I do a whole seminar just on pain and fatigue and how to mitigate that or bring it down to zero. And there's all kinds of foam rollers and there's Theraguns and there's infrared saunas and there's cold plunges. And there's, you know, there's all these devices and things that people are like, well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to my diet and I got, I'm working out for like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, five to six days a week. Now I have to, I have to buy all this stuff. And and my answer is, yeah, maybe you need it if you can, A, afford it, and B, have the time for it, but maybe you should just drink less alcohol or none. That takes the inflammation way down, right? Because all this is anti-inflammatory stuff, right? Not only in your body and your joints and your your bones, but in your brain, right? And if you want your brain and your body to function well, then you might want to cut out the hooch. You might want to drink more water. You might want to eat more plants, and you might want to get better quality sleep, and that is all very affordable and very doable cuz you kind of do those things anyway. And then like with me, I, I got the I got the infrared sauna. I don't go in it cuz I don't need it. I got the cold plunge. I rarely go on it cuz I don't need it. I got the Theragun which I only use once in a while. The foam rolling has been beneficial, but I, I'm knocking on wood now. For in general, I mean I when I changed my diet, my knee and shoulder pain went away. Huh, weird. You know? So A lot of it is just what you put in your gob. And when you put better, better food in your gob and you take I mean, I have my own supplement line that I created for myself based on what I needed because of the things I was going through after I was sick in 2017 with Ramsey Hunt syndrome and then later bilateral vestibular hypofunction. And then, yeah. So like the other day I had a shoulder thing. So I did the foam roller and it went away and I drank more water that afternoon. You know, I'm no anomaly. I'm not like, you know, I'm not built out. I'm not built out of, anything special. You know, I am, I'm actually kind of a fragile little bunny man. I'm a bunny man, a fragile bunny man. But I do all the other things that I never used to do as a kid or in my teens or in my twenties or thirties. And it's just, a lot of it's just common sense, you know, and you get, you got a lot of that out of the book, you know, do your best, forget the rest, find your purpose, have a plan, variety is the spice of everything. Consistency reigns supreme, crank up the intensity, love it or leave it, get real. These are all in the, these are all the chapters from the book. And it's based on experiential stuff, you know, and, and I, if I do these 11 things along with the other 25 that I've learned since, will I live forever? I don't know, Melanie, but I'm shooting for 109. What about you? I'm down. You down for living forever? Mm-hmm. But, but the only thing is you live forever. You see a lot. You see as many horrible things as you do wonderful things or wonderful things you experience. But the longer you live, and if you're doing the right thing and you found your purpose and you make a dec- decent living doing it, well, then maybe you get to like I, I have a ton. You can't see him behind me, but I have a ton of personal development books, a lot of adventure books, a lot of mountain climbing books and things like that, but a lot of personal development. And it, I've discovered that all the personal development stops being personal after a while. It should be. If you're following the rules of the road, whether there's spiritual personal development or financial personal development or relationship personal development, whatever it is, then it ain't about you no mo. Uh, uh-uh. uh, it's about helping other people find their purpose. And you're doing that w- with this, with your podcast, having me on and having others on and having us disseminate what we know so that other people will listen and hopefully begin to apply these, these techniques. Cause again, I've said it before. There's no way I should have turned out like this. My friends, when I, even when I was in my forties, early forties, Oh, Horton, man, I don't know, man, he still lives in that apartment. He's been in that apartment for 21 and a half years He's driving that crappy old car. You know, these, all my friends were in homes, bought their own homes, found wives, had kids. You know what I mean? And I was still, you know, in that apartment. But I was, you know, to me, it was like, ah, and it would bother me. It would, I'd get kind of depressed about it, thinking like, when am I going to get my break? And all that acting, all that, you know, the Daryl Hickman acting classes and the Ivor Francis acting classes and the, and the uh, what's his name? Reese, Brian Reese acting classes and the two years of doing stand up comedy poorly. And then then being with Second City, L.A. while they were here for a short time like that. I was just building the foundation of the guy that I could be on camera to help people exercise, you know, because most trainers, they're. They're pretty good. They got their degrees in exercise science and kinesiology. But exercise is hard and it's painful and it requires a time commitment. And a lot of people, there's a lot of trepidation about it and a lot of anxiety about it. And then you get a trainer who's really kind of just bland.
2: You know, I'm out. So I found a different way. I've been so grateful because, like I said, like you, I was doing well, the film and theater and all of that and i'm just so grateful that the timing of my life aligned with the really because i've been podcasting for about 6 years now it just lined up so well that i was able to take agency and create my own content and you know build my own quote brand but most importantly what you just said i get to i get to just like learn and talk to these amazing incredible people that i would want to talk to and learn about and then share it with so many people I'm really, really grateful for it.
0: It's it's, not, it's it's awesome. I mean, congrats. It's just a f- phenomenal thing you're doing.
2: And the question I have for you from that, I feel like the timing of things with you, because with all of the P90 stuff, it was at, during this time when, well, actually, wait, so when you launched it, what year did you launch that?
0: 04. I think it was 04.
2: Okay, so yeah. So that's basically when I was doing it. So... It was the creme de la creme time.
0: You were in elementary school? Where were you?
2: Middle school. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you were in college and I was already, I was 46 years old when I did that program,
2: which is. You look younger than 46 now. That blows my mind.
0: Yeah. There's a little genetics in there. It's, it's, it's just walking the walk, man. You know what I mean? You, you just, I saw an old friend of mine I hadn't seen. I'm not even going to say male or female because they might be listening, but. I was, it was a shocker. It was a shocker to see this person was very together and and quite attractive. And a lot of hardship, you know, a lot of hard life is hard sometimes. But like whenever I, you know, whenever I had a tough time, like when one of my, my parents passed away or or something really horrible happened to me, I just like COVID for example. When COVID hit, I trained harder. I didn't miss any days. I was clean. Hey, things are going really south here. So then what am I going to do? Abuse myself and make it worse? Like this, this common sense says no. I was on uh, Sanjay Gupta's podcast and he said his wife came up with different categories. There were hunks, chunks, monks, and drunks. And I went, I go, well, yeah, the drunks, uh uh-oh, COVID, uh, I'm going to drink myself to death. Oh, oh, I'm going to eat myself to death. Those were the chunks. And the monks, they never left the house. They had their mask on in bed. You know what I mean? They were just totally paranoid. And the hunks were the ones that did the opposite of everybody else. And he labeled me a hunk, so that was cool. And I said, as long as you didn't call me a punk. And he went, oh, why? what's punk? People who think, you know, COVID is a common cold. Those are the punks.
2: Oh, my goodness. That's so amazing. Well, question. I have so many questions from that. I'm wondering. Okay, so, yeah, what I was going to say about the yeah, F2004. So that was, like, the perfect time because that was, like, the time of the DVDs and, like, people could – Like, you know, because I had the DVDs and I put them in and I would do it and then rinse and repeat. And that worked really well. (laughs) Now we're in a time of overwhelming content all the time and Instagram and TikTok and all of that. And it's that confabulated with like the health at every size movement and all of that. So I'm curious, and I'm sure you've had this question a lot, but if it was you then, but now... Like, do you think it would have looked really different? And I know you're making new programs because we'll definitely need to talk about your new program, but I'm just wondering, like, what do you think about the world now with all of the content and especially like the health at every size and almost like this anti-fitness movement in a way, because we need to accept ourselves is the messaging.
0: I was going to try to do a joke and give you like a two word answer. Here's my, here's my joke. Here's my joke answer. I do the same thing in all the competition is terrible and healthy at every size is stupid, but that's not, that's not nuanced at all. And we live in a nuanced, very multi gray world. Right. So there would be things that I would change about P90 X, but we would have had other avenues in which to, to get it out to the world. I mean, that was that, you know, P90 X was king for quite some time. It was not, it didn't compete with anything. So, you know, there were aerobics workouts and martial arts workouts, and there were like bodybuilding workouts but, you know, my thing was the whole muscle confusion thing. It's like, you know, of course, Arnold comes on and says, I'll do my Arnold. There's no such thing as muscle confusion. It doesn't work. I go, yeah, because it's a made-up term. We made it up. We made it up because because Billy Idol, when I trained Billy Idol, used to call me muscle Confucius, right? That was his thing. And so the CEO of Beachbody he went, oh, that's funny. Why don't we just call it muscle confusion? Because that's kind of what it is, even though it's not a real thing. We're just giving people We're just – we're just keeping people from plateauing by stimulating – Different body parts in different ways, so that they're avoiding the boredom and injuries and plateaus that comes from doing just the elliptical over and over again. And expect you know you can do yoga. Yoga is amazing because it is balance and strength and flexibility and mindfulness all at once. But don't don't plan on being able to run faster. Don't think you're going to get up a a, a mountain on your bike very very well. Don't think you're going to be able to pull yourself over a wall or do a push up or or a pull up. Ain't going to happen. So I was my whole idea was to make sure that we we. Gave, gave I would have had 24 workouts, which is what I have in the Power of 4, the brand-new program on Power Nation. It's 24, which I figure like, that's enough. That way we can create multiple calendars and multiple sequences. And the weird thing is that people were doing P90X. Oh, man, at this event, this event that I did in Tampa last week, oh, I've been doing P90X since it came out in 04, but I've done it 37 times. Really? You should stop. You should stop that. You should stop that. You look great. But oh my God! I mean, how many times can you hear me say "back up like a pterodactyl"? God! I mean, come on! How many times you want to hear me hear Phil say "don't you know" or me having me say "don't smash your face" or, or whatever? I mean, I don't know. I mean, people they fall into these patterns, and I still get residuals, so I guess that's okay. But I think the idea here is, and the reason why I would pretty much, I mean, I, I would probably take about eight moves out of P ninety X that I think could could be injurious. Is that a word? Injurious for certain certain people like the dive bomber push-ups. No, those aren't, those aren't ideal for a lot of people who have like shoulder mobility issues and a couple others, but the variety thing, which still like, where's the program out now? Show me the program out now. That's, that's that has martial arts and has Pilates and has Epirex bar- 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 and shoulders and arms and back and chest and legs and plyo, you know, they don't, they all stick to their guns, you know, and do their one thing. And then the boredoms and the injuries and the plateaus kick in, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who, who graduated from insanity, which blew out a bunch of knees because it was legs every day, which is like, okay, whatever. So it was great for some people. Some people got the best shape of their life because they were in their 20s and they were athletes. You know, everybody else was like, holy smokes. Same thing with P90X. If you, you know, if you push too hard and you lifted too heavy and you did too many reps and you weren't listening to your body, you got hurt doing that too. You know what I mean? And they would graduate from those two programs and go on to CrossFit and other super competitive. Now, there's nothing with CrossFit. I, I've done CrossFit classes and had an absolute blast and really pushed the envelope. But I'm, I'm in this business, so I knew where to back down. I knew where to back off. I knew how to, you know, I went to a g- guy wanted me to do get-ups with 80-pound sandbags, and I did one round of it, and I went, yeah, I'm going to 40s, dude. But I best, I, apparently nobody used to talk back at this coach, and I did because I didn't care. I cared more about my getting out of there, all, you know, unscathed and everybody else was in there didn't care how badly this guy beat them up. So, you know, ask for what you need. Don't be pushed into something that that could hurt you. Right. So and a lot of people just have to, you know, speak up and they don't. So that would stay the same. But as far as how the industry has changed, I think I think if it's working, if you're tracking what's happening and you're getting the success that you want in a relatively reason, a relatively in a reasonable period of time, then keep doing what you're doing. But too many people are doing, doing stuff because everybody else is doing that stuff. And, and they go, they bounce from one diet to one program after another, after another, you know, searching for the Holy grail, because, you know, one category of folks like they're disappointed that they haven't lost 25 pounds and they look amazing in three weeks. You know what I mean? Or there's the other category of people who are doing something for six months and see very little change and are, are broken all the time and go, Oh, And then they just went jump right back into it again when you were supposed to stop doing that, stop doing that and do something else so that over the course of, I mean, no matter what it is that you do, whether it's diet or exercise within three weeks, you should see improvement in your physique, in your energy, in your flexibility, in your strength, in your digestive system, in your brain function, in the quality of your sleep, in your love life. These things should change. I mean, I'm talking maybe for some incrementally, right? like Like, oh, but if you're not paying attention and you just wrote about it, you're just doing it because that's what you did in high school or that's what your friends were doing. And you're not seeing the results and you're broken all the time and tired all the time. Then you're eating the wrong stuff. You're not, you're taking the wrong supplements. You're hanging out with the wrong people, but we're so, you know, we, we treat diet and exercise like religion, and it's not that not even close. It's not even close. So, you know, so that's what I would say about what I would do now. And by the way, I feel I feel bad for the people who who have fallen prey to the healthy for what what was the term you used? It was so health at every size because they're get they're getting duped. They're getting duped, I think. You know what I mean? Nobody has to be ripped. Nobody has to be shredded. Nobody has to be, look like a supermodel. You know, nobody has to look like a, like a, like a professional or collegiate or Olympic athlete. But if you're 75 to hundred pounds overweight, everything is just plain harder for you. It's just harder for you. You know what I mean? But if you're a, if you're a, an endomorph, if you know the difference between an ectomorph and an endomorph and a, and a mesomorph, ectomorph for skinny people. Marathon runners, ectomorph They're just, they had two skinny parents, they made a skinny kid. But I've seen a lot of ectomorphs turn into endomorphs because of just lack of movement and bad, bad diet. That's, you can, you know what I mean? But you can't turn an endomorph into an ectomorph. That's crazy hard unless you're starving yourself or you're a bulimic or something. And that's, we all know how unhealthy that can be. So you can be a big person who's not, you know what I mean, and be, and be pretty damn healthy. You know, but my friend Jeremy Yost, who lost 180 pounds, likes being really 180 pounds lighter because he can do more. All right. So for me, that movement is all about feeling okay with I got to be gentle here, being okay with the fact that you're a certain size and and that's fine. But you're still probably going to die younger than you should. And you're still going to have a really difficult time when both escalators are out at the airport and you got to go up three of them to get to the third floor and all there are is all the only thing in front of you is a big long ass suit uh, staircase and you got two carry-ons to get up that thing you know what i mean you're the one who doesn't get to get on the bike on the appian way you just don't get to have that experience you know what i mean you just don't you can't you're not you can't you can't join all those people doing a 10k maybe you can maybe you can you don't care about your time you're out there you're having a good time you're with friends and and that's fine. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that one, but there's probably certain things that certain people can do that are, that are overweight. And if they're happy and they're healthy and they're not taking a bunch of meds and they're sleeping pretty well, then damn, go, you know, just stay where you are. Yeah. So that, you know what I mean? I, I just more and more people say, Hey man, enjoy the journey. For some people it's, it's, it's the 90 days for some people it's a year and a half. Jeremy had to do p uh, power 90 three times, so that's nine months, and they had to do P90X, I'm sorry, he did Power 90 three times, nine months, and he did P90X three times, nine more months, and he lost 180 pounds. And he was, wasn't, was when he watched the, the, these workouts, he would just march in place because he couldn't do anything he was seeing. He also had a fused right ankle, you know. My friend Kathy McDonald, who was a, you know, a Beachbody aficionado and loved my program, you know, she was a a, a mom, older, kids, and she lost 125 pounds and you know that was her journey that was jeremy's journey other people want to be able to eat what they want and not move so much and and st- and tell the world they're 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 healthy when
2: maybe they are maybe they're not
0: too so
2: friends you guys know i love wine do you love wine i've done a lot of research on wine and i truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits. The longest-lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight. It's what they eat All right, now back to the show. I mean, I just think it's so crazy that it's almost like if you lose weight, the messaging is that you weren't accepting your weight before. Like in metabolic syndrome, so there's five factors for that. You know, there's blood pressure, high blood sugar, cholesterol issues. I forget what they all are. But the one is like excess visceral fat. And all of those markers, you wouldn't say like if, like, like, if your blood pressure went down, you wouldn't say, oh, you weren't accepting your high blood pressure before or, you know, <laughs> but like with the fat, with the fat one, it's, I think it's a really problematic that it's got tied into this. I don't even know how to say it. This mor- morality thing. So that's very empowering.
0: Just because you lost the weight doesn't mean you have to accept, you can't accept where you were.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it's, we love yourself at every size.
0: It's like, yeah, I'm not at work yet. I'm here. But when I go to work, I don't accept where I was, which was home. I, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's part of your journey. Part of your journey. And, and it's all how you look at it. And it's all how you explain it to, to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I was struggling early on. And, and I didn't like the way I struggled. So I made some changes. And so it's been a cool journey going from where I was and where I am now. And, and that's, that I think is a more interesting path a more productive path, a happier path of that then, you know, coming up with new language to, to make where you are, which is where you're, which is maybe not so healthy. Okay. You know?
2: Well, as far as actually making those changes, I mentioned this earlier, but a part of your book that made me light up, I was so excited to read it was your chapter and section on scheduling and planning. Do you still use a physical planner?
0: no. No, oh, no. I mean, I did for I, my God, forever and ever and ever. But then, you know, I, I had a big desk calendar on on my desk. But you know, I have a phone, I have a, a laptop, and I have a desktop. And but but then again, I guess I do. So I have an assistant now, and I've told my assistant, actually, you know what? I guess I technically do because it's I'm, I could stare at it right now on my calendar. It says it just says workout it doesn't say the exact thing anymore, but it says, for example, Sundays from nine to one. Is blocked out. Mondays is blocked out from five thirty to, to six forty, basically. A.M. A.M. No, what did I say? Sorry, I need, I need, I need to eat something. I'm having a scene.
2: No, no, no. I'm just thinking how early that is. That's like when I go to bed. Not really, but almost. <laughs> I'm a night owl.
0: Yeah. Well, no wait. Let, let me get this right. Monday Monday nights from five thirty to six thirty p.m. P.M. Sorry, I said A.M is my cardio workout. Wednesday, what did I say, Monday? Tuesday is my AM eight o'clock to 9.15 weightlifting body weight stuff. And then Wednesday, which is tonight, I'll have, I don't know how many people have said yes. I invite 40 people because it's plyometrics and I absolutely despise it. But I understand if I want to heli-ski and ski powder and keep up with youngsters, I have to do this routine. So I don't love the workout, but I love what it does. So there's different kinds of love. And I I think I talk about that in the book law number seven. And so Thursday, back in the morning, 8 or 8.30, depending on other people's schedule. And then Friday is yoga, religiously, every same. But I move it up at 9 o'clock because the the people that can come get to sleep in, which is nice. And then Saturday is my day off, or I go for a run. I go for a light run, like a 6.3-mile run here in my neighborhood. So I do schedule six to seven days a week. And I also, my accountability, which I talk about in the book, too, comes from inviting other people to be there and join me right? So like I had to, I was in, flew all day. I mean, go LA to Tampa and it's pouring rain. It's crazy. It's awful. So I can't run outside. And it was getting dark anyway. And I didn't know the neighborhood. I didn't want to just run off and get lost. And I forgot my earbuds. So now I'm in the gym and I'm not going to do plyo by myself on a Wednesday night in Tampa after being in a plane all day. Don't have it in me. And the only place I would do that is probably in my room. And I'm worried about people downstairs because, you know, it's plyo. So Thump, thump, thump. That wouldn't make them happy. So I get on the treadmill for an hour without music. Miserable. Say it with me, Millie. Miserable. But, miserable. But when I was off that treadmill, when that hour was up, man, I just, I just, the feeling was sensational. And that's what I needed to do to be able to perform in front of whatever, 450, 500 doctors the next morning. You know to be up on stage and be sharp and be with it and be on it and be funny and do all my bits and you know what i mean i mean i do impressions of tom petty i do impressions of bruce springsteen i'm up there doing plyo i'm doing sun salutations you know what i mean and and then i'm making them get up and jump around and count and say silly shit. so but if i hadn't done that run the night before and that run was not had nothing to do with what i was hoping that my appearance would look like in the mirror the next morning it had everything to do with the quality of my sleep and the quality of my brain function in front of other people the other day and and that's a message that i cannot pound into the ground enough and that's what exercise does those are the benefits today the benefits kick in about 10 to 15 minutes into what you're doing and then they last for 23 hours and if you take one or two days off, you end up with exercise bipolar disorder, all right? All the all those beautiful brain chemicals that go away. And so then like, oh, damn. And then your desire to get back at it again kind of withers. You know, the more you do, the better you get. And the more enthusiasm you have for it. The less you do, the harder it is and the more complicated your life becomes. Like, I think I'm going to sleep only four nights this week. I think I'm going to only pay my bills in January August and November. You know what I mean. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip eating for a couple of days because I want to save money and I want to you know what I mean. And so your your life goes to crap in a hell and a handcart when you don't do the regular stuff that you always do to survive. I'm talking about doing the things that we need to do to thrive. You know what I mean. So that we can have these, so that we have the desire to want to live forever, even though I know I won't. You know what I mean. But what I can physically do now. I I couldn't do 10 years ago in my 50s. Certainly couldn't do it in my 40s. I was fit, you know, when I was doing P90X, but I wasn't climbing 20 foot ropes upside down. You know what I mean? I wasn't going through a ninja course like I was on the moon, like I can now. It's freakish and fun, you know. Long learning curve though, very long. Pegboard, terrible, 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 terrible. Finally okay, marginal, year and a half later, good. You know what I mean? But people don't have that kind of patience. I do now because when I didn't, my life was teeny and small and hideous. <laughs> no. Now I like, oh, I suck at this. Yoga. First time I went to yoga, I'm in downward dog and I'm in a flop sweat in the first three and a half minutes. Like, how do you straighten your arms? How do I, my armpits are going to explode. My shoulders are screaming. How come my legs are shaking? in down dog. Right? But I could bench 250. You know what I mean? So You know, either you learn these lessons or you don't. But if you're open to them, life is but a dream.
2: Well, something I've been really curious about for, I mean, I think about this a lot, and I'm thinking about it even more talking to you now, because it sounds like, so like you and I, we both like love life. We have similar goals with longevity. We like doing these things, these lifestyle things, sleep, movement, diet that make us feel well. And all of that said... I still don't identify as a quote exercise person. Like I like movement and I want to stay active and I don't like being sedentary and I, I do my I do like the a Carol bike workout and M sculpt, which is kind of like biohacking exercise. So all of that to say, I've always wondered like, do some people like quote exercise and other people don't like exercise and why? And why do some people like certain types of exercise and not other types? And last little question for that, say that one person Really, really like gets high and likes walking on the treadmill or running on the treadmill for an hour without any variety. And they would rather not do a shorter workout or the same amount of workout with variety. So one might be physically better for them. But if they enjoy the other one more, should they do that instead? I'm just haunted by this question of like, is it genetic? Like, why? And do you like exercise and working out?
0: Sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, no.
1: See, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Like when I go for a run, it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. And then the first 15, 20 minutes of the run, it's awful, you know, but, and I'm not running very fast and I feel like a hundred year old man, but I, but I have that voice in the back of my head that says, you have to do this. This is, this is the, the struggle is part of it. The lack of enjoyment is just something you have to look past because the benefits supersede your you know, your lack of enthusiasm for what you're doing. Like Sundays, I enjoy Sundays on the days where I feel really strong and I don't have any real issues and, you know, physical issues, like whatever aches and pains and things where I can really perform at a high level in front of a bunch of guys that are all younger than me. That's, that I enjoy. I love that competitive stuff. And then my, and then my, my Tuesday, Thursday morning routines, which is sort of, you know, upper body hypertrophy stuff and body weight stuff. I enjoy that because I'm with a bunch of lads, my fellow lads, Tony Curran, who's a Scottish actor, who's absolutely out of his mind and hilarious. And then my friend, Stephen Clark, who's this, you know, this big shot Hollywood entertainment attorney, who's just the funniest guy in the world. Like, you know, for for what his status is and the clients that he handles, he's a big goofball and a fun, fun guy to be with. And then my, you know, then I I work out with the Lawrence brothers. I don't see Joey as much, but I certainly see Andy and, and Maddie a lot. And they're just, you know, and then Bobby Stevenson from P90X, he's there. Scott Pfeiffer, Scott Pfeiffer Scissors from P90X. So I surround myself with people that make the experience more enjoyable. And there's also sort of a gentle little competitive thing. Like Steven will go, Oh, look, what, what, what weight do you have there? 30s. Oh, that's weird because I, I had 35s. Yeah, give me the 35s. You know what I mean? And of course, you know, I don't do stupid things that are going to hurt me, but it does, it does that I enjoy. You know what I mean? Being in Tampa, knowing that it's plyo day and not doing the plyo and running on a treadmill without my earbuds on, miserable. But I, you know, like I, like I say in law seven, love it or leave it. There's certain things that you just enjoy. You know what I mean? Like if you, well, if you, a mud run or a 5k, you know what I mean? Like if you're super competitive and all uptight about it and you want to win or you want to cut a certain place or you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You want to beat your friends. Well, then you're just a Bonehead, you know, what I mean, like, relax already. You know, you're out here with with like-minded people having some fun, and, support, and theoretically, when you're doing a mud run or a Spartan race, you're you're reaching out and helping other people get over these obstacles and stuff, which is you're you're creating that community and that camaraderie, which is which is gold. You know what I mean? You know the you know, and and maybe it is genetics for some people, right? But think about where I was mentally about it and where I am mentally about it now. I, you know, I mean, I went from don't like it, don't want to do it, can't do it, not very fit. This is physically just awful. But then, you know, then I, I learned along the way, this is critical for the quality of your life till the day you die. Without it, you're less of a human being than you want to be. With it, you're a better human being than you ever thought you could be. So, duh, that part I love the actual you know set set of 50 pushups uh, i'm not in love with that but anybody can change if 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 they have a particular strategy or objective about what it is they want or what they want to achieve you know you a lot of people in my early state don't ever get to the state I'm in now because they didn't. They didn't cut themselves a break along the way. They put too much pressure on themselves. They had too much expectation. Their expectations were way too high and too unrealistic. They were hanging out with the wrong people. They were doing the wrong routines. They were eating the wrong food. They weren't. They, their whole sleep thing was out of whack. You know what I mean? They were taking meds that made it hard for them to sleep well or have, or, or recover properly. You know what I mean? So, but if you want, either you thrive or you or you survive. If you want to thrive, if that is like I if everybody listening to me listening to this right now, I could ask them all, do you want to just continue to s- survive or do you want to thrive? If you want to thrive, you have to stumble and fall and figure it out and ask questions and fail and have little moments of glory and more moments of blah blah blah, but that's the journey, that's what's cool. Then, you can then when you've kind of semi arrive, right? You've lost the weight and you're a little bit fitter. Now you can go do stuff and you can have more cheap morsels because your, your metabolism was working better than it was before when it, it was impossible to you know, digest food and you had leaky gut and leaky brain and irritable bowel syndrome. And it was leading to stroke and hypertension and type 2 diabetes and heart attack and heart Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, which is coming. It's coming unless you decide whether you want to change or not. If, you, if you're okay with the process of going from survival to, at, to thriving there's a there that there's a there's a time frame in there and for some people it's short cuz they're younger and they're fit and they have high pain threshold and they have all the they have all their friends are rock climbers and mountain climbers and heli skiers and professional olympic soccer players you you're home you're 42 you got three kids one got a tattoo on his kneecap of a of a bunny and you don't know why and you got to solve that problem and and your husband came home and he's pissed off because his boss was a jerk and now you got to go down the basement, and oh, in the basement it's where the gym is, and it's dark, and it's then it's cementy down there. and There's no freaking windows, and it's cold because you live in Minnesota and it's February. Ugh. Or you just, because it really depends on what you focus on. I met a girl. Her name was Kathy as well. I met her at a shoot, a P90X shoot, and she was there. She was there. Was, she was one of about two or three people who had done P90X, and we 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 flew them in to Hollywood. Da, da, da. And we mixed them in with other fitness models, people who do this, who look pretty for a living. And we were going to shoot this workout. And then we're going to interview, you know, the other ones were just, they were just background fodder for the three people that mattered. And I see this, right, people who actually earned it. And, you know, Kathy came up to me and I saw she was no more than five, three, five, four. And she too did power 90. And her husband, she was a legal secretary. And she had, she, she would get up in the morning. She would go down to her basement. I use that because that's what she actually did. And then she would make breakfast for, for her husband and herself, and they both go off to work. And she, he had the car, and she took a bus to go to work. And so again, her husband was like, Oh, you're doing another one of these fitness things? Why do you waste your time? You just are who you are. Look at your parents, look at your grandparents. Like, that, like she got no support from the person who is in bed with next to her and in her house and the man she married. None. So she did. Power, she said, "Screw and screw you," and did it three times. When she started Power Ninety, could not do a single push up on her knees. Couldn't do one. At the end of Power Ninety, she could. So then she did P Ninety X and bought P Ninety X. She said, "It felt like I was starting all over again. Pull ups, pull ups. This guy wants me to do pull ups. So here, think about it. I'm not there except for the DVDs. Her husband's being a excuse my French, a douchebag, and and now I'm standing next to a woman who looks like a professional rock climber." Okay. She just, she is striated and vascular. She's got a 20 pack. I mean, it's crazy. And she, she was five foot three and she lost a hundred pounds. Like what, how did you, like, what did you, the picture, the before picture was a completely different human being, like not even close. They would day and night. And on the set, I watched her do 10 pull-ups in front of me. Dang, dang, dang. Perfect. Clean all the way down, all the way up. Freakish on her own with a husband that didn't support her. Like did she love exercise? Probably not. And at some point along the way, there was probably some stuff that she loved, which was who she was as a human being because of it, despite the the noise and the the, phys- the physical anguish that it took to go from where she was to where she ended up when I met her, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, you can be, you know, if you want to be 80 pounds overweight and say, hey, man, it's it's a lifestyle, go right ahead, do your thing.
2: Well, speaking of her and women, your new program, PowerSync 60, tailored towards women?
0: The ladies! Also the men. There's a calendar for men, and the, the men alike as well. But this was, I'll let you ask the question. Is there a question? I'm just going to go right into
2: it. So it's for women and men, but there is a focus that takes into account women's hormones and such?
0: Absolutely right. So so Dr. Minnie Pell, who I didn't know from Adam or Eve, somebody said, hey, there's a, a great gal. She's written a bunch of books. Her latest book is called Fast Like a Girl. She's sort of into fasting. And I had played with fasting a little bit, but not to any great degree. You know, intermittent fasting, like stop eating at nine at night and don't eat till noon the next day. That was the extent of my fasting before I met her. So she did one of my masterminds, you know, it was a late night thing and we had a bunch of people on the on the call and- and I got to know her through that. I mean, we had a short conversation prior, kind of like the one that you and I had before we we started talking here for people. And I oh, went, "Well, this girl's fascinating. She's amazing, gal, woman. Sorry." And then we got talking about about how she did P90X. So she's, you know, she did P90X so many times. And she said, "I noticed that, you know, based on my research and the science and 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 everything that I've learned, is that that." The routines themselves were great. I just couldn't do them in the order that you presented them because that was, to me, more of a, a male calendar, not, not one for females. So I moved uh, yoga to whatever this day, and I just I just rearranged it because, you know, she explained to me that that whether you're metapausal, pre premenopausal, post perimenopausal women, their hormonal fluctuations are ideal. Certain hormones, when they're peaking on certain days, need specific attention with the workouts. Also, diet obviously is a part of it too. But I wasn't part of that process so much. And and so when we created these routines, you know, we, we I said, hey, look, I'm going to do a an upper body, a core one. One we call one of them is called butt, butt and gut, another one's called hit me up, which is you know, uh, we, and we, everybody hears high intensity interval training. They think they hear the word intensity. There's it, there, it's intense if you want it to be, but there's also a a power down version and a power up version and also what I did with these with this program is I put in stop options because what happens to a lot of gals even if they're doing the right workout on the right day based on their flow or lack thereof or no more they're not they don't have they maybe they're in their postmenopausal then even on those days where they're supposed to do a specific workout Mindy Mindy would add nuances like okay here's your upper body routine but it's your first three weeks. I want you to stop at the first stop option. Unless you feel X, Y, and Z, you can go to the second stop option. If you want, if you feel, you know, if you feel like you have the energy. And so women had had, women have completely different calendars plural than the men have with their calendar. And they also have the power up, you know, P90X was modify, intensify here. It's power up, power down. We just use the same, you know, the same different terminology for the same thing. So it was like, Oh, okay. Oh, So it's, it's this workout seems kind of intense. Oh, I get to stop here. Oh, I get to use the the, the power down version. And so just like with P90X, I had cast members as one there's usually typically there was a couple of times where there were four in the workout. Most of them had three or two, some had two and you would see three or four, two or three or four people doing, doing an exercise and doing it in different ways. So you had options. And you also had the option to stop at the first, Stop option, which sometimes was fifteen minutes in, and then I just say, "Hey, first stop option. If you're good to go, then keep hang with us because we're going to keep going." But you know, fast forward to the to the cool down, and maybe this is where you're where you're done. And so we had two test groups. We had one with about 110, another one with about 90 90 cows, and just you know, you're sitting on Zoom calls and you're just watching these women in tears saying, "I've, I've tried everything, nothing worked. This is the first one," and a lot of them were fans of of, of Dr. Mindy. And now they have a, a Dr. Mindy endorsed workout program, along with a, with a, with a calendar that's specific for their needs and a diet program that works for them too. And there's also a very strong mindfulness component. There's two breath work routines in there that are mixed in with everything else, which didn't even exist when P90X came out. Like if I was going to change P90X, I would have added that component, but I didn't really know about it then. So, and that's it. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. And, and yeah, men are liking it too. I like go, we get men on the calls and they're like, Hey man, I like the men's calendar. If it feels like P90X all over again, but with some of the same cast members, new cast members, a lot of new fun, goofy moves, some new Tony Horton jokes. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, it's a very, very cool thing. I, 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 I mean, you know, you think about serendipity or luck or kismet or whatever you want to call it, but, but just being in that call with her and she said, I don't know, about three quarters of the way through the call. She said, if I've wanted to create a fitness program that, 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 that in conjunction with what I've learned when it comes to how women should train, and there's only one person I wanted to do it with, and it was you, meaning me. And I was I was, I was, was like, what? And I thought, oh, this will take two years. And we, <laughs> we had a conversation, and within six months, it was shot and done and amazing. It never happens that way. It never happens that
2: way. Hi, friends. Okay, so... I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time during the day, I was using a bright sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk a few things about that I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it and then two I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near red light was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light guess what I was and guess what I found the solution and guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full-spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today, we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside, and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full-spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths, and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world so when we expose our eyes to this light it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood that is crazy it helps with skin with mood this is the light that i wasn't thinking about that we need i love soul light therapy devices i do use it in combination with my red and near infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful that Ken at soul shine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at Melanie avalon.com slash soul shine. That's S O L S H I N E Two clarification questions. So when she first talked about the days of the week, is it the literal days of the week or is it individual based on the person and what the proceeding and like the, the order of what they're doing for them? Or is it literally some days of the week are better?
0: There's a pretty extensive questionnaire about where you are in your cycle or lack of. And a lot of women are finding following a moon calendar, which is, you know, if you know anything about women's cycles, they, they, a lot of them, a lot of them are in conjunction with the moon calendar. Then there's post Those gals have a, I think just start on day one, kind of like the men do, but I wish, I wish Mindy was here to kind of get into the, into the weeds, but, but I think I know what you're asking. You're going to, everybody starts on a Monday pretty much, right? Monday would be day one for everybody, but you're like, maybe the guy's Monday would be plyometric. So the women's Monday would be a breathwork day. For some, and then for others, it would be maybe the stretch workout, right? So, yeah. So there's, I guess the best way to answer that is that there's uh, some questions that ask, that ask about where you are in your cycle or lack thereof and your age and other, other, other things. And so, I don't know. Does that answer it? I hope so.
2: It does. Yes. When she comes on the show, well, I'm making notes to ask her about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tony was a little confused. The dude, the guy, the guy who's all testosterone did the, be- did the best he could to explain your philosophy on it. But
2: yeah. Well, the second question is what is the role of intuition when it comes to, especially with women, like how do they know if they're actually burnt out or overdoing it or if they're just being lazy? Pain and fatigue. You know, if you're exhausted
0: and you're super sore, then, you, then that tells you a lot about how you, you know, might have abused yourself or didn't, you know, didn't hydrate or drank too much or didn't get proper sleep or, you know, you know how, you know, like, I mean, I I think, I forget, I think get real in law eight, I do a little 24 hour test where, you know, like how am I supposed to know what I'm, how I'm supposed to feel when I at, at night, good God. Don't know who that is.
2: Was that a real phone? Was that like a landline?
0: Yeah, it was a landline.
2: Oh my goodness. Wow.
0: Yeah because yeah, i live up in the hills and the cell service up here stinks.
2: Oh yeah, i have a friend who lives up in the hills and we do phones on we do calls on his landline cuz <laughs> the same reason. Okay.
0: I know. I have like 14. I have two numbers on the landline, one for me, one for my wife, and then i have my cell phone, and she has her cell phone and
2: I want a landline. I'm jealous.
0: Yeah, man, old school. Like put it on a speaker. I can hear it great, but in the middle of a call like this, uh, I can't do much about it.
2: But what was the question, Melanie? The intuition, but I think you answered it, it's the pain or uh, fatigue. Well, if you're you're in the middle of something
0: and it's new, right, and there's a learning curve, like there's some movement that you've never done before, or there's a pace that you haven't done before, or you're not quite sure what weight to use or band to use if you're doing a resistance thing, then I, I would always caution on the take a more mellower approach. Right. So don't go in. I mean, some people who are, you know, like I, I've been doing your programs forever. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good athlete. Some people can just, you know, but if you're new to fitness or you haven't exercised in a while, then just back off, you know, just back off by a little bit, maybe, you know, because some people's mind and their bodies are not linked up very well. And they're either under training or overtraining, and And a lot of times that's just experiential. That just takes some time. But I always say, be the tortoise, not the hare. You know, these old old fashioned expressions mean a lot. I'm When I I know when I walk into the gym, sometimes I just got a swagger. You know, I just got a swagger and I and I feel good and I slept like a million dollars the night before. And I a lot of it is stress. If you're dealing with a lot of mental and emotional stress, then chances are your your workout while you're doing your workout, you're vulnerable to getting hurt or or overdoing it even though maybe whatever it is that you are doing is seems the same as the workout before for that particular workout. But, you know, you don't, you don't always wake up in the exact same mood. You don't always wake up with the exact same flexibility. You don't always wake up with the the exact level of high quality sleep. Right. And so, you know, especially you have those AM workouts, right. When your body's a little bit stiff and, and, you know, that's why we always have a lot of warm ups and cool downs for all my workouts. Just to get people prepped, like really. And there was a philosophy with a certain company that I work for, and I think we all know who it is. That just started cutting them out, like started shortening all the warm ups and cooldowns. None of them look like the early P ninety X ones where we were. We spent a lot of time getting our bodies ready. You know, we're not we're not tigers in the forest just sitting there waiting to jump on our prey and run at sixty five miles an hour. We're human beings, right? We have we have stressors that affect our physical, mental, and emotional state. And so, if if you're if you can be attuned to them and you are in tune with them, then you can maybe go for it. But if it's, if the exercise thing is new to you, especially if you're changing your diet and you're, and you're trying to get a decent night's sleep before you do it, then I would just back off, just back off a little bit. And if you feel like, Oh, that wasn't, I should go harder next time. You know, the more you do, the better you get at everything, especially this.
2: Awesome. Well, a super random personal question to end on. Uh Oh, (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was just super random. But speaking of new, because you talk in the book about new haters and blockers, and I really, I really recommend listeners get the book because it's very...
0: I do too. That's a great idea, Melanie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Go get it now. The big picture, 11 laws that will change your life. They will change your life. In the section about the new haters, you talk about you know people who are resistant to change and new things and how to... deal with that i'm I'm just super curious has there been anything recently where you have found yourself being a new hater like where you felt that moment of resistance because there's always so much new coming out
0: yeah you know and do you remember what the term i used for the opposite of
2: of of, uh, of new haters or blockers or seekers well block not blockers and not new haters but seekers
0: seekers So I was never a seeker. You can go from a, from a, uh, a blocker and a, and a new hater and become a seeker. You just have to decide if, you know, some people it's a half, it's a half, the glass is half full, half empty thing. Really. I'm just finding, I just came up with new terms that says the same thing. You know what I mean? But if you notice that your life is stagnant and you notice that you're unhappy and you notice that you're depressed and you notice that you're sad and you notice that you're out of shape and you notice that you're tired and you notice that you have aches and pains, these are things that you can eat, You like you can notice those things, right? You know, the, the old, the, the, the frog in the frying pan thing. And like, if you turn on the frying pan and you throw the frog in and it's hot, it jumps right out. But if you put it in the frying pan and you very slowly turn it up over time, it just cooks itself. And that's the state that a lot of us are in. They don't, they just, they're used to the pain and the fatigue and the sadness and the depression and they they don't see solutions. All they see are problems. And so when something new comes along, right, and they're and they're not really a seeker anyway, then it just becomes a burden, and then they shut it off, and then they tune it out, and and then they're right back where they were. And that was me. It took to me. It took. It took books from uh, Eckhart Tolle, and Gary Zukav, and and Richard Carlson, and, and Deepak Chopra, and Tony Robbins, and you know, and a lot of like a lot of those books were were silly in places. They didn't really resonate. another one is Keith Ellis's book, The Magic Lamp, you know, because I I was, I was not a happy dude. I mean, I was beat up all the time at school. I was a terrible student. We moved six times before fifth grade. You know I mean? I was afraid of my own, my own shadow kind of guy, but I could easily recognize that my life sucked and there was no source. There were no human sources around me where I was getting any intel. And, and so I just, I think Your Erroneous Zones was my first book. And then Looking Out for Number One was my second second personal development book. And then I got into the whole Gary Zukov thing, you know, for a while, which was, you know, he was combining personal development with with science and stuff. And so it was like, you know, I had to read the same paragraph 50 times before I knew what the hell he was saying. But, but like things started to resonate. And I went, oh, okay. Oh, you, you got you to open up the door and go through. Oh, falling down and failing is awesome. It just makes for a better journey, you know? Oh, okay. Do your best. Like uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, classic. It's 146 pages. Unbelievable.
2: It's so short and like so epic.
0: Yeah. And and the the do your best chapter was basically about doing your best was ignoring your best, your best changes from day to day. Pay attention to what's actually happening while it's happening and don't judge the journey along the way because your best is showing up. I mean, Woody Allen said 80% of life is showing up. And so I just started like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to be horrible. And, and by the way, horrible is okay because I'm going to be learning stuff. And if I don't judge it, because we're judging the living snot out of every half a second in our life, and it's just such a waste of, of, of energy. And I went, oh, okay, that was a terrible experience. But what did I learn? Huh, okay. What happens if I go again? Hmm, that, that, three of those things happen, but not all four. So I guess there's change purely based on the fact that I showed up again. And then, you know, I was P90X guy. I went down to the beach with Bobby Stevenson and P90X, and I couldn't climb a rope. Save my life. I couldn't get four feet off the ground. My, I felt like my hands were going to rip off. I was like, I can't. how come I can knock out 25 pull-ups, but I can't go three feet up a rope? Mm. So I kept going and kept going and kept going. Whereas if that had happened to me in my 20s, I would, just, I would have gone, oh, uh, ropes aren't for me. you know. And that, that, that simple philosophy applies to everyone and in, in everything you do. You know what I mean? So if you're a new hater or a blocker and you keep going, showing up anyway and you're, and you're, you know, you don't attach to the outcome and, and you, and you don't judge how badly it's going and you know, that's a good thing, then you can become a seeker. And, and if you're a seeker, man, you're heli skiing in Alaska. Whereas before you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even ski anything other than a blue run, you know, and that's basically me. Right. It's it's, life is cool. Life is fun. Life is interesting. Life is filled with other really amazing people. If you're willing to put it out there or it's small and tiny and sad and horrible and, and over sooner than it should, but it's all, a lot of it's just choice, you know, and seeking or not.
2: I could not agree more. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for your time. All that you've done—it's just overwhelming, and I, it's changing literally so many lives. Literally, literally thousands of lives. Literally, literally millions. Maybe I don't. I don't know your number. I don't know the numbers. It's millions. It's millions. Yeah, millions. Let me say that then. It is changing literally millions of lives. It might be you know, it might be
0: nine hundred ninety-nine hundred thousand. I don't know what's the number one below. What's the number below one
2: million? nine hundred nine nine thousand <laughs> well if you want to be well if you want to be below millions it would have to be one million nine hundred nine nine thousand yeah
0: one point zero 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 one million that way we, i don't know you can cut this part out no one will know <laughs>
2: No, i'm keeping it i like it
0: <laughs> well you know you know what's been fun about this this has been a very fun free-flowing no holds bar silly at times Fun exchange. And, I, and that's because of you. So so I appreciate that. It was fun. And usually I go, hey, they want 90 minutes. Oh my God, 90 minutes. Are they kidding me? But I, I, I'd do another 90. but I, I have to go do plyo. So sadly, I can't. but
2: No, thank you so much. This was so enjoyable and such a moment for me. I can't wait to share it with listeners. So, links. How can people get the program, your stuff?
0: All the places. Where do you find the Horton? Go to tonyhortonlife.com. That's the website, tonyhortonlife.com. If you want my supplements, which is called Power Life, which changed my life when I created them back when I was super sick, mypowerlife.com. That's mypowerlife.com. If you want to know more about Power Nation, which is where the Power of Four, my 24 workout program lives, where my where my other trainers' programs live, Michael Bradley's, Brian Palatucci, Chelsea McKinney, all these other great, there's so much content, it's crazy. But if you really want to go to learn more about PowerSync 60, all of that and PowerSync60 lives at PowerNationFitness.com. PowerNationFitness. It's a beautiful website. It's And we have lots of apps. There's multiple ways to see it. Roku and Apple and, and Spring Burger. I don't know if that's a, that's not a real thing.
2: You got me at Roku. I love my Roku. <laughs> I'm in. Well, we will put links to all of that in the show notes. I promise this is the last question. It's very easy. It's very short. I just ask every guest this at the end. And it's just because I realize more and more each day how important mindset is. So what is something that you're grateful for?
0: I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, that I'm in the place that I'm in at my age. I'm, I'm grateful for, even though this, right now the, my journey is a little difficult right now. I've had a few snags. But, I, but I'm but i learning, I'm past the point of beating myself up about it, which I did, I've done the last two days. And as of today, I've, you know, I've turned off the, the woe is me and I've turned on the solution finding me. And I'm very grateful that I have that in me and that I can be here and 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 continue to work, in, work on the next chapter, you know. So not a short answer, but an honest one.
2: No, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you. My gratitude just... I can't give you enough of it. So thank you for all that you're doing. I look forward to all of your future stuff. Yeah. Have a wonderful workout.
0: Thank you, Melanie. And by the way, invitation to you, if you're ever in the city of angels, you can come and work out with us.
2: Oh, thank you. That might be the carrot I need to like,
0: there you go. Come and hang out with the kids, the kids, meet meet the wife. She's lovely. I'm get a feeling you talking to you. I think you could get along wonderfully again. My pleasure. and, And thank you so much. And we hope to see you in the future one day.
2: Likewise. Enjoy the
1: rest of your evening. Thank you.
0: Likewise. Likewise. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine? Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at And always remember... You got it.